0: I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, watch, you take your pants off. Balls oh, are fucked. I understand.
1: Come
2: on, check it quickly, a regain! Yes, big match. No one is in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get him, by the way.
3: Welcome to episode 266 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett and Jack Harper. Nilex Jones, this week I'll leave you to make up your own minds as to what he's doing. He claims, he claims he's he's not fit to make it. He did ask me for a postponement, but look, we stick to the schedule. Monday <laughs> nights, you'll be there for your be square and uh, we don't believe in postponements here. So... News of the week, They're not too much of it, but we do still have some. We will talk about North London derby that wasn't this weekend. Everton and uh, Rafa Benitez, a bit of transfer gossip, and we will close things out with the NFL. Depends on the time. Maybe there's a couple of other things we'll throw in, but we will see how we go. First things first, fans at Disney World reportedly wait almost seven hours a dragon-shaped popcorn bucket—not
1: even a ride.
0: I've got to say, that's that's resilience to either for a ride, but for a popcorn bucket.
3: What? What? I don't know if it is like some collectible or something, but
0: I should hope so. If you're waiting that long, yeah. So I don't know if I wait just... that long for an actual dragon. <laughs>
4: if You said there's an actual dragon going to show up here. If you wait seven hours, I'll, go, I'll come back another time. I think.
3: We were just in that situation where you're like, well, we're in now. We've waited this long. We're not going to leave.
4: <laughs> it's been five hours. Come on.
3: Um, fashion-conscious Italian police are in revolt after receiving batches of pink face masks to wear on duty.
0: It reminds me of that period of year eight when everyone just would wear pink fluffy gloves.
3: I had a yellow pair, actually.
0: did you know?
3: Fluffy yellow pair.
0: Um...
3: Lays reveals new potato chips made from potatoes grown in dirt taken from NFL stadiums. So, if you want your Patriots potato chips, your Packers potato chips, (laughs) and quite scarily, I'm sure they will be big sellers.
4: Yeah, you're right. Uh,
3: Wandering Seal leads police on slow speed chase to law firm in England. (laughs)
1: Like
3: he's the hunchback trying to get to his sanctuary.
0: <laughs>
3: monkeys hooked on sugary drinks rampage through town mugging tourists
0: the last, the last thing you want you don't want to have any more energy
3: <laughs> who energy. gave that monkey the first energy drink It's like Planet eight <laughs> once they get the sense of what they can have <laughs> um, oh this one was mad doctor who branded his initials on patient's livers no longer allowed to practice medicine and i would hope not
0: yeah, that's good. I, so, if, I, uh, if, I, if I kind of realised there was a Luke Byron was here. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so I've got, the, I've got the actual story for this and uh, how it happens and I'll shorten it because we'll, we'll be here the whole time. But first of all, four centimetres tall, the writing on, uh, on this linus. So and there was no kind of half measure here. <laughs> four centimetres is insane. That's full graffiti um, that uh he did all three initials, so he wasn't just satisfied uh, with the two
1: <laughs>
3: and it came to light after the the person was an organ donor oh wow so it was transplanted and then yeah they saw the initials on the uh liver and they went they from said. There.
4: And he would have got away with it, but he put his middle initial. See, <laughs> oh, the other surgeon put all the KBs, but you put the KDB. So um, yes, I am blaming Kevin De Bruyne on this. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, uh, what uh, you can do is try to stitch up someone you don't like, so <laughs> put someone else's initials on.
3: In. Well, I know it can be kind of dangerous to compare sentences on things, but he got a ten grand fine, on, I think it was a hundred hours community service. Not a lot. Huh. No, I, I don't know if they're saying why the surgery in general was a success so he gets kind of time off for that otherwise it seems very lenient
0: you save someone's life but if you're proud of your work you initial it and then you get rewarded by never been able to practice medicine again i mean
3: you can get more than that for not paying
4: a parking ticket Yeah,
0: game's gone
4: and yeah dt's uh, getting more than that
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, he a bit more than uh,
4: just not.
0: <laughs> the thing is, with this,
4: it's not an external thing. If you didn't know, you know, your, your livers tucked back in. You can write whatever you want on there. I don't care. If he's done a good job, you've done a good job. I don't see what their issue is. He
3: only did it twice, so I don't know. Like if it's was, was really you proud of, of that it. particular day. <laughs> yeah, it's very very strange. Um, and the final headline of the week: Snoop Dogg is planning to launch a hot dog brand called Snoop Dogs. So uh, look out for those in uh, stalls soon.
4: Seems remarkable it's taken that long to come up with <laughs> yeah. that.
3: Being inspired by the Just Eat ads. <laughs> so if we kick things off, uh, the Premier League decided on Saturday lunchtime that they would accept Arsenal's request to postpone their match against Tottenham Hotspur despite only having one positive COVID-19 case at a time. Subsequently, one uh, kind other of player tested positive, but that was after the decision had already been made. Um, this is the 20th postponement of the season because of a lack of player availability, all of them coming in a five-week period when the spread of the COVID-19 Omicron variant has wreaked havoc with the schedule. Um, since, I believe, a Wolves, the Wolves fixture against Arsenal, I think, was the first time in their statement they referenced injuries as part of the reason. And then, going to say, a Leicester game was the first time they referenced um, players being at AFCON. So, now, a combination of all of those, if you have less than 13 players plus a goalkeeper available then the Premier League has been calling off the fixtures. So Arsenal, it it did seem, and I'm coming from a biased perspective here, but I've seen others suggest the same. Arsenal seem to take quite a lot of flack in comparison to the 19 previous games that have been called off in the league. Now, I don't know if this was the straw that broke the camel's back or, or what it was, maybe one of you two can uh, provide some uh, clarification there, because there was just far more, even just on the Twitter timeline, on Sky Sports News, for example, this one just seemed to really get people's backs Do
4: you want to go first, Jack?
0: Yeah, I, just, I, think, I, th- I think it's because there's been teams that have been forced to play games when they've had multiple COVID cases. I think this is why it got people's backs up, because they knew AFCON was coming. It's not Arsenal's... Arsenal knew this was coming. They knew they were going to lose these players. And having one COVID test, I feel that... I mean, I feel hard done by, as a Chelsea fan, with that Wolves game of having seven positive tests and have, forcing players to play three times in a week and not really having a subs to bring on, like... That's why you still
3: had over thirteen players. That's that's the whole point. I,
0: no, I get it. But what I'm saying is is that the, that not being postponed, but one cover case being postponed, they sh- they have a reserve team for a reason. That's what I feel they should have done. I know there's registered players, everything like that. But this is that's the reason why people have up on this, is because people feel hard done by that the rules haven't been reciprocated for them, rightly or wrongly. That's what's got people. That's it's bad. it's
4: bad optics on. that you loaned out players at the start of the week as well, isn't it? Even though I would count with a look, I'm sure this was already in the pipeline that they were going to be loaned out. So, But the, it's Maitland, just a bad, it,
3: the optics don't look good. The Maitland-Nulls one, from an Arsenal perspective, it, it that one seems strange to loan out um, at that, at that As point you knew your time.
4: midfield situation in particular. I yeah.
3: think not that it, it kind of makes a difference to people's opinions on it. If you recall the Granit Xhaka saga in the summer where we all thought he was going to be going to Roma. Like he was doing interviews saying that oh, Rome's a lovely place after his games <laughs> and the Euros and all things like this. Yeah. And they seem to do the opposite of the United where they quite literally said okay, if you don't accept this bid within this time frame, we're going to move on to another target. We're not spending any more than this. And then they put 40 million on Tammy Abraham and Granit Xhaka stays at Arsenal, signs a new contract. When the news broke of Maitland-Niles going on loan, at the end of this season, he has a year left on his deal, and I think they're obviously trying to get some kind of cash for him. Roma, and it looks foolish when I say it like this, have a very busy schedule coming up. So (laughs) Maitland-Niles were at the top of their list of targets, and they said, essentially, if we don't get him in before this group of fixtures, then it kind of defeats the point of what we're doing, we'll move on to someone else. So I think that's the reason they loaned him out. The, the Balogun one, I think, is a strange one to kind of hold against Arsenal because it's like, should you prevent a kid from playing football for the next six months because you might get a COVID test, come kind of up positive down the line? The the comparison of where Jack's saying it was being hard done by with Chelsea. The bench that game, you should have about 70 million worth of talents on there. We literally had twelve players in the first team and that's including Charlie Patino, who's made one appearance to be I available
0: get, I get the sentiment but I still feel that you can now play that fixture I imagine a big fixture for you guys down the line when you've got everyone back from the AFCON I imagine it's going to be played after that I can't see it being played it'll probably be played when you're not in a cup yeah, for sure. up or something like that so that I mean It's poor timing, don't get me wrong. And the fact that you had 12 players fed up, I'm sure you could have found one player somewhere. And if the Premier League really wanted to play that game, they could have allowed you to register another player into your playing squad as it's January to allow you to play that game. Now, rightly or wrongly, I'm saying that if that Chelsea game's called off or if every other COVID case game has been called off, if if it's been requested, then there isn't such a backlash, I don't think, for this. I just feel that... But the Arsenal one isn't even... Like the things that our games have been called off
3: for, Burnley have just had the same. Burnley have one player at the African Cup of Nations, by the way. And they they've just had another game postponed today, and they're probably going to get the game off against us at the weekend. Leicester has several players at the African Cup of Nations, and have had several games called off. It's it's not a new thing, so I think that's where I mean Arsenal fans on Twitter are obviously. Uh, I consider myself to be quite active on Twitter, but. Arsenal Twitter is like a whole nother, whole nother thing. And the things that Arsenal fans are being slated for, not Arsenal fans, Arsenal are being slated for, this isn't out of the ordinary when you compare it to the other teams and what they've had called off. Wolves had a game called off against us and then were able to field a perfectly fine team three days later. Crystal Palace are one of the ones that was actually rejected and... Gives you an idea as to where some of the requests are coming in can you recall palace requested to have the game called off against tottenham saying they had not enough fit players then the team they then named had one change in it (laughs) and the person that was changed out was on the bench so it it was an unforced change i think when you look at yeah i remember looking at that team thinking that was an okay team (laughs) the the arsenal game against brentford and we've gone over the players that were unavailable Lacazette and Aubameyang, in particular, at that point of the season, was a blow. We didn't know what we were going to be getting from Aubameyang. And Arsenal had their request rejected. I think that was correct. And also, supposedly told they couldn't come out in the media and explain the reasons that they'd requested this. We then played Chelsea, and we had even more players out with COVID. Ben White was out with COVID. And we had Rob Holding and Pablo Mari at the back. And we made Lukaku... (sighs) Look like a £100 million signing. When we played Norwich this season, we had four right-backs out with COVID. I think the fact Arsenal called it off suggests either partly it was more convenient to do so. No getting away from that. I think they couldn't get the team together sufficiently. And I think there's a sense of injustice, and I said this to TK at the weekend, I think there's a part of it where they think, right, everyone else is doing it. We're owed one. Uh, particularly, I think a lot of people's backs were up after the team Liverpool fielded on Thursday. And I think that was probably the final block and they thought, oh, we'll, we'll put in the request, we meet the requirements and we'll get this one called off. Lester Burnley was off on the same day, by the way, if uh, anyone noticed that.
4: Well, I mean, there's a fair bit to unpack there. The... The idea that it's shocking that Arsenal get more press than like Burnley, etc., uh, has been one that I've been a little bit baffled by this week. It's uh, kind of the, nature Not more, but the level of it. it yeah, I, it's I would the say. We'd rather see. <laughs> mm, yeah, and and that leads itself into I think timing. You are right. I think this is the straw that comes back. There's always going to be the first game where people decided, "Look, I'm sick of this now." And this was always going to be of what we've had four or five weeks of this now. So it's probably going to be around this time and probably the first big game. So you're unfortunate that you're falling foul of that. You are a bigger club so you are going to get more traction anyway. But the the thing about the level of this, the reason I'll say that some of the Arsenal reactions this is slightly ridiculous is that <laughs> as, a, as a Liverpool fan, I try and limit how many Liverpool accounts I see but it's obviously more than usual on my timeline. When Liverpool called off the first league game uh, the first league cup game against Arsenal before we had the false positive thing which obviously sent it to a total frenzy there was widespread outrage that Liverpool had done that for various reasons and I, again I think rightly so then this kind of, it's kind of pretense that oh it's only escalated because it's Arsenal I do think falls foul of that. I think the reactions in that sense have been similar until the Arsenal fans have sort of bitten back so much
3: that it's that's what I've it's a 50, the
4: one's flared the other. Yeah, that's exactly it. There's a you know, there's two sides in the conversation. And if they're constantly saying, well, why is there so much of Arsenal? It's like, well, if you've got 100,000 accounts that tweet in, oh, this is so out of order of or Arsenal. The interactions, everything around it, are escalating just on the basis of, basically like 50% of your own fan base is great at this. So I do think it's not too dissimilar to the reaction Liverpool one got. It's just escalated and escalated. The, the, and they're the two like, biggest clubs that have done it. You know, it's not, it's no coincidence Liverpool and Arsenal have a bigger reaction than Burnley, Leicester, whatever, because that comes with a the territory. There's a lot of good things that come with being a big club. And the downside is, whenever you do something wrong, people are ready to stick their knife in
3: We didn't see Jeff, Jeff Stelling going through any other team squads and saying, all right, this is who you can field, this is who you can't field. The, the Gary Neville statement is, is probably the worst of the lot, to be honest, with the. Uh, I should have said this weeks ago, but I've really had enough now. I'm I'm really sick of this now.
4: It's ironic, isn't it? Because he's done that as a means of, well, if I say this, they can't say that I haven't commented on Man United. But in fact, it just highlighted the fact that he hadn't commented on Man United.
3: (laughs) United have postponed more games than Arsenal. Spurs, Hmm. Spurs' statement, and I've got some quotes from it here, um... We're extremely surprised this application has been approved. We did not believe it was the intent of the Premier League to deal with player, avi- player availability unrelated to COVID. When the Premier League assesses the, uh, so this is just the, the details, it, um, some facts for you. Uh, okay, so that was the gist of theirs. And then they went in and said, look, we were kicked out of the Conference League because of this, and so on and so on. The facts I got here. When the Premier League assesses the 14 players available for a game, it doesn't get the names, just the confirmations from the clubs of the positive tests. So in fairness to the Premier League, it is flying blind to a degree.
4: I mean that in itself um, is ridiculous though.
3: Yeah. And I mean it is a size to name
4: which they should have to verify good. these tests. They should have to say look here's it positive who's it for because otherwise it's just wild.
3: Yeah. I think from the, from the Spurs' perspective, they're a club that, for one, once you get the sense that the other team wants the game off, you obviously think we I'm going to have a better chance of beating. <laughs> yeah. you, I mean, the players they had out have half answered our chances. Um, yeah, I think yeah, both yeah. both teams were in as bad a place as the other. So the the element from some Spurs fans that Arsenal were terrified to play them, and that's the reason the game's off. um
4: it is amusing, isn't it, watching a fan base suggest the other team is scared. <laughs> Can't imagine the hey, team doing that.
3: What you've got to understand, TK, is that first half against Man City. <laughs> yeah, there we've, has been some
4: short some short memories online. That seems to have been in the last week.
3: With with the Spurs one. Okay, so a team that is heavily in debt—no secret to anyone. It's understandable that a North London derby on a Sunday afternoon, they're going to take quite a loss when this is played on a Wednesday night.
1: Mm.
3: So there's all sorts um, coming into it that I actually think, oh I don't know the extent of the Saka injury, the Tierney injury, um, and the Cedric one will disregard, um, and Chambers, the ones that were logged after the Liverpool game. And you had the Tommy Assey one and the Smith Rail one going in. I actually think if Jackie doesn't get sent off, then I think we play the game.
4: Yeah, I think you're probably right.
3: I think we weren't going to go in with absolutely no midfield, and perhaps if we'd beaten Forrest, he yeah. may, yeah, yeah. may have been a bit more chipper in thinking, okay, we've got this young lad he's a talent, he can make a difference, and Laponga we've got a lot of trust in him. I think the thing that was, from my perspective, that was getting Arsenal fans backs up was it felt as if no other game had been called off previously, just in the level of the response. And then, as you said, one drummed up the other, and then it just gets flared up and flared up and flared uh, up.
4: I've, and I think I said to you in, in the chat, there is this is a pretty, I think, one of the best examples of you're more hypersensitive to things that relate to your own club. Because, like I said, the week before, I did think Liverpool were getting a lot more traction from Postponing that one but obviously it was then quite hard to tell because Klopp then comes out with the false positives thing that obviously is going to make it a much bigger story anyway than it ever needed to be so I kind of saw parallels with them that's why when I've seen some of the Arsenal saying this I'm kind of like I'm not saying it's exactly the same level but similar um, and I do also think some of the and this is unfortunate but I think some of the outrage has kind of been that as you had not had a game postponed I think there was some level of moral grandstanding from Arsenal fans prior to this whereby and and partly because obviously the Liverpool game directly affected them but then also the first club that did this was Spurs putting one in so Arsenal fans were kind of going in on them for that I think once you've kind of been the we don't postpone games lot, once you do postpone a game you're always there to be shot down which Mm -hmm. is is always going to happen and I, I agree with ultimately this is a loophole that clubs are exploiting why wouldn't we but that is also only going to create a round and round circuit that everyone's going to keep doing. And I didn't see, for example, before the Liverpool-Arsenal game, them going, well, don't blame Liverpool, blame the rules, because there was a fair amount of why are these pricks trying to postpone the game, which I get, but then you can't be too shocked when it comes back on you.
3: So Do you, do you not think there was an inflated level of reaction in comparison to the others, or, or you do, just maybe not to the level that I was viewing it as?
4: Yeah, I'd say... Definitely, this has obviously got more traction, but not to the level that a lot of Arsenal fans have suggested. And I don't think hugely amount more than when Liverpool postponed that League Cup game originally. I don't think it's much more than that. I think it's reflective of two bigger clubs getting a little bit more attention than than smaller ones. And as we've said, I think Arsenal fans escalated it somewhat by sort of biting back so
0: much. Yeah, I I, I pretty much agree with that, I think. I think it's more... Teams that don't haven't had games postponed when they needed them and feeling hard done by by the Premier League more than we are trying to rag on Arsenal for postponing. Hasn't
3: every team now had a game postponed?
0: I feel like there's gonna be
4: someone in there that hasn't. Some clubs gonna pipe up and be like we haven't, but then Chelsea can't. Chelsea not had one.
0: We haven't had one game postponed. And like I said, we had
4: okay.
0: we had about three injuries and seven COVID tests, as positive tests over a period oh, of yeah three times
3: you've got Barkley, Saul, Kovacic, Saar and Kepa on the bench what the hell are you
0: complaining? (laughs) I'll take that. Kovacic was still injured at the time Um, so it wasn't so much the team we could field right there and then it was for example right so We had to feel Rhys James, like I said, because we didn't have any really real backups, the right wing back, we've had our defence out for a while. He had to play, I think it was four games in 10 days, and then he got a hamstring pull on the game we needed postponed against Wolves. Did did, did Chelsea request
3: it, by the way?
0: Yeah, we did, it was rejected. So that's, that's my main gripe, is that We were forced to play the same eleven for so many games, then one of our most influential players in the system we play is now out for three months, with our other wing-back out for the rest of 12 months, pretty much. So, that's I'm not ragging on Arsenal, I'm just saying that there's inconsistencies, and that's why people feel hard done by.
3: Is it not that it's actually the opposite? There isn't inconsistencies. They've been very consistent in saying, if you have 13 players plus a keeper available then the game will go ahead. So they've actually is, been consistent to a fault.
0: There, there is that. Um, however, I, again, I think the Arsenal one would have got more traction because your DK is definitely right. Whereas two big clubs, everyone was looking forward to it on a Sunday of the North London derby. Right. Don't get me wrong. But I'm sure there's other cases of feigned injuries or injuries that aren't as serious to, For sure. put, to put on a list to then just tick over so, to a... We don't have 13 players.
3: They claim but, that I think they do have to send records of the injuries. I, I We're obviously unsure as to what that is. I've got the statement where the Premier League effectively said Chelsea did not meet the criteria when it came to players being available.
0: I mean, we have a big squad, don't get me wrong. And, and again, there's players available and then there's players that have been out in the cold that haven't playing you're asking them to then just step into a role i'm not saying that i'm not crying that oh my god we should have that game called off it wasn't called off it is what it is i'm just saying that there's a reason why people are kicking up a stink when other games are called off and we seem to be in lesser positions i feel that if the premier league really wanted these games played they could allow players to be registered in this window if they wanted to either like reserves or youth or again i mean Looking at those players that Arsenal loaned out, I think Arsenal should have either foreseen it coming or knew that they were light and not loan them out. It's not and thought head. The game not-
3: still would have been called off because we'd have still been below the number of players available. We got a second COVID test. Right. We still would have been. We still would have been below. With what you said about registering, so the Premier League got themselves in a position where, because they had this meeting where they where they set the rules out and said effectively this is how games are going to be called off once games have been called off or for example like you said you've had a game played so they now can't change the rules and go down a away say from this point forward because chelsea at the end of the season if they miss out on i don't know top four second <laughs> third by one point then you can say well hang on a minute this wolves game we didn't have called off yet yeah, under the criteria now it would have been called off um In the article on the athletic, the the Premier League are already saying they're bracing themselves for multiple legal battles at the end of the season from teams that have missed out on Champions League places and teams that have missed out on relegation places. Um, They're expecting to be sued for the amounts similar to what West Ham sued uh, uh, Sheffield sued United for when um, they got 20 million out of it. So that's definitely going to happen.
0: I think it's a broader spectrum. If we kind of take ourselves out of the, you haven't called off and we didn't and all the throw around that. I think if you look at it and just think, why didn't the Premier League just break for the AFCON and then none of this would have happened and it would have been a much more level playing field when everyone came back. I know no one wanted games replayed and I know there's a World Cup next season so we can't prolong this one. And I know there's sponsorship money with TV wise. I, I get all of that. But just from a level of, There's always, it's not, we're not playing in a season where there's going to be an asterisk next to it, but we are playing in a season that
4: would be if we were top of
0: the league. We're playing in a season where we'll look back at it and think it's a write off no matter what happens in it. If you have, if you fall into the places that European places, if you avoid relegation or if you win, win the league, which City will, we're going to look back on this season and be like, write it off, it is what it is, and we'll go again next season. It's kind of avoid.
4: We can if, null and void. I think that seems fair. That's fine this it, year. It, it, I
0: think it's just killed it, the competitive nature of the season because there's so many teams that will feel hard. But done having to- said that,
4: though, it's yeah, I was about to say, if they're all being treated by the same criteria, then can they moan? Like, ultimately, whether you agree with the criteria or not, if they set out you've got this many all over, as think, long as you're abiding by it, is that I know I, what you mean? It doesn't feel fair in some of the yeah, instances we've seen.
0: It's, it's a fine line, isn't it? Because I'm, there's ways that clubs will be playing the game, and the game here being mm. if we can get enough record of injury, we can try and get this game called off. Now, I'm not a, a cynic, I don't think. Oh, actually, no, it doesn't lie. I am a cynic. But there's def- I know there's going to be clubs out there that will be playing the game on this to, if, for their benefit. I think if you look at just, like I said, the season as the whole is a spectacle now. City are going to win the league by a country mile and people will just lose interest. And I think that's, if you had a circuit breaker, I think title race would have been a lot closer and a lot more competitive than what it's going to turn out. What you said there, John, is
3: it the the issue that for two years now we've been effectively saying that in six months this is going to be over with? And so there's no guarantee that you have a break for the season, you then start Mm. off at the end of January and then we're back in the exact same situation.
0: There is it's, too,
3: it's too big of a gamble you're saying about it. AFCON though isn't it So that would be yeah. done yeah. It, it, the, it, the issue is they just never When they set these rules out It should have been a minimum number of COVID cases It's it's, it's baffling yeah. that It wasn't laid out this simply
4: And it's yeah. baffling that it still isn't Actually
3: it's like well, the th- They, they say that COVID is a is factor they're saying. huh? They're now saying They can't change it because they have these rules In place and they've acted on these rules
4: See, I think if you say, look, it's gone from COVID isn't just a factor in it, it's COVID is the only factor. If you've got players away afghan injured or whatever, we don't take that into consideration. It's just COVID. I don't think any club can have an argument that that. Well,
3: supposedly, what the argument was when the rules were made is that these injuries that are being taken into consideration, uh, as Jack referenced, are because the players are having to play extra games while others are out. So that's yeah, I, the I reason that. they're giving...
4: In the long run, there's going to be no way of tracking that. So, for no. example, what what Jack said there, Chelsea would be a fairly good example. of Does Rhys James get injured if this isn't happening? Maybe not, but maybe he would have always, you know, Thomas times We don't we don't know, but they would have been a good example. Of it. Maybe two months down the line, someone might pick up an injury, from muscle fatigue, and it's been as a result of this. But there's really no way of us verifying that. So I kind of felt that that was a bit of a flimsy one on that part.
0: There, there is, there is that. Right? If they're sat the early, you don't well, have to have that. Say if it comes from like a knock, or if it comes from like a, an impact injury, or an ACL done by impact, or landed funny, etc., then fair enough. But when you can more than often, more than often than not, it's going to with a muscle injury it's down to muscle fatigue, and I think I, there is that case of what about Ray? But then for all of these rules, there's that as well, isn't there? It's like well, those false positives that Liverpool had, what if that never happened? And I guess that's what I mean by the season. If we'll look back on it and just think, what a mess. I think Byron yeah. made a very good point of COVID cases. should just be, you have, if you have a set amount of COVID cases, because if you think about it, the actual end product, say the Northern London derby go, went ahead yesterday, and all those, say you had one player that you needed to get the game going, it wouldn't be the same spectacle, and it wouldn't create the same enjoyment of, Everyone watching two fully-fledged teams go against each other in North London derby. So, I, I think it's why the the gripes that Chelsea have as well is that that game that we wanted called off was before they set out the rules. It was back when there was a grey area of... This, this isn't the thing about them saying, well, they can't change the rules. Well, you kind of already have because there
4: was like grey area before. Yeah. You kind of have already made an amendment to it. So, at this is mean, it's fucking house money.
3: If we're talking about players out on loan, I'm not sure Jack's the man to be uh, <laughs> having the discussion there.
0: It's, it's not so much players out it's sending players... Vitesse has got a season to finish as well, you know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's sending players out on loan the week of a game where you know you're already depleted with AFCON. Oh, good luck. Um, well, we, I,
3: always, I said last week, when you kind of say sources... um. The re- I'm referencing again the article on The Athletic and um, they say part of the Premier League are worried about the fact that if you do force teams with academies to play in the place of it and then you've got Burnley's academy up against Man City then they feel it'll be damaging for the product as a whole to be able to say about it being the most competitive league in the world and the best teams when yeah. we wouldn't Man, want City Man City dominating in, Burnley would we? So put 20 past Burnley. That would be unsightly. I I said on here when we did it um, several weeks back, I would have been all up for OK, is the next man up and we'll do that for the season if we all just agree to that. But once teams had had several games postponed and all of this you just then you just then couldn't do it. I mean, I saw the projected lineups for what Arsenal should have had. They had Pablo Mario at right back. Do you understand what what would have happened if Pablo Mario was at right back yesterday?
4: yeah it would have been a war crime
3: it 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 would have been sickening
4: having said that they didn't have sun so maybe they might out of pity they could have put Bergwijn and we could have just seen the shittest battle ever
3: (laughs) we we also all think that everyone's academy kids are top level and they're just going to slot straight in or I'm not saying necessarily you do but there's definitely a consensus that because they're at these clubs, then they should be better than League One, League Two. Arsenal have just called back Miguel Aziz, who's one of the highest-touted prospects coming out of the academy. He couldn't get games on at Portsmouth. Hmm. Then Arsenal have just called back Tyrese John-Jules, who, another one who's one of the highly-touted ones from Hayland. He's just been called back from Blackpool. So but that's, it, um,
4: that's kind of also neither here nor there, though, is it? The quality of them is ultimately, if you've got them, they should play. You're absolutely right. The, so most they made a run for game. their own back by postponing that first game. They should just never have postponed that because as soon as that, they have to then allow it for everyone. They should have just from the jump. said, so if you can play any team, kids, whatever, you've got to play. It's the only that, would, way.
0: that would have been great as well. I'd love to have seen the jeopardy of just someone... like United, if they had as many cases as they really did when they had all their games hmm. called just see their youth play just for a bit. They and all these clubs, paid.
4: you know, put about investing in an academy or whatever. Well, we're going to see, aren't we? It's yeah, that,
0: that would have been not it. the, so much more enjoyable than having And, not, and the
4: only way, it's practical, because I don't really know if we're going to end the season. Yeah. <laughs> Burnley are going to be playing forever.
3: Yeah, I saw it pointed out that Rashford broke through at United when they had 13 injuries, and that's how he got his break. But at the same time, not that I'd be particularly um, feeling sorry for a Spurs player, You've seen how kind of the, the the really cool and the pressure and things. You can almost end a player's career before it really gets started. Say Spurs have to play some seventeen-year-old kid at centre back yesterday. Yeah, but and then he gets absolutely th- massacred by Lacazette. Like on the is flip there? side of that,
4: there's what more than ninety percent of that academy are never going to play for the first team. Yeah. So it, in, in an odd way, you're giving them experience they're never going to have might put them in a shop window for a club lower down that they wouldn't have picked up had they got released by Arsenal or Spurs or whatever. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's ever going to be bad. The idea that, oh, they might play shit. It's like, oh yeah, but Arsenal senior players are very good at that. So may as well let the kids have a go as well.
3: <laughs> no, I like the idea of, of playing the kids. I'm just presenting all of the reasons as to yeah. why they aren't yeah.
4: doing that. I just think some of the reasoning behind it has been a little bit um, sort of protecting these kids. What, from playing football, which is what they want to do? That seems a little odd to me. And it's not like you're you know, not for a fourteen-year-olds.
3: Do you think we say so we had from the start? Just said okay, it's going to be you, you. You play your kids in this situation. Hmm. Do you think we'd be having the same conversation now and saying I don't know why they didn't just postpone these games and wait till the players are back? Do you think the, how far do you think the quality would have plummeted? Because Spurs, for I mean, as I've said, the, the 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 cheek of of this lot. To be complaining.
4: The brass. Who a,
3: is... Them and United had a mid season break
4: just immediately
3: <laughs> when they got new managers in, by the way. Um, if we're really gonna talk about uh, whether we're doubting things or not. Um if they'd had their reserves or their under eighteens or even like worse, um, in for two and a half weeks, that's that's their season post.
4: I, I also just think good. I think you'd have had I think clubs would have remarkably found a way to play strong teams. Actually, is the other thing by doing this, I think you do, you don't encourage teams to manipulate the situation. I think you find when clubs want to, they can tend to get a decent team together. These positive tests that certain clubs have had in competitions that they probably should have been thrown out of. I don't want to say about my own club, but that is probably the truth. I'm sure they would have been able to come up with a team had been that you're going to to play a team full of kids. So I think think that was the only way in which they could have forced clubs into basically not playing a shady game. They're doing that.
0: I think as well, if I look at the Liverpool one, that one was interesting because obviously when they were in the Club World Cup last season, or the season before, um, they did just play the kids. They weren't even in the country and they they were able to do so in the Carabao Cup. (laughs) I guess Carabao probably wanted to postpone them as much as Liverpool did though because they don't want their tournament that they play for to be devalued so I get that as well The way this
3: second leg is set uh, between Arsenal and Liverpool is probably going to be one of the, the, the most anticipated games in the Carabao Cup that they've had in four or five years
1: Yeah, that's very Yeah, cool. for sure
3: um, I think just the semi-finalists this year actually has, has helped, helped the brand there a lot uh, with what you said, TK, about putting a team together, I actually commented on Arsenal, which um, perhaps he was a bit brave to speak boldly about a team when this was going to catch everyone eventually. But even with the COVID cases, I said that, that it's down to the clubs to be controlling their players better. Like, if this was the case, I think you'd probably have a lot less parties and a lot less going on outside of training and you'll have these games taking place but I guess it's very hard to be able to tell people what they can and can't do outside of work regardless of what kind of money they're on
4: yeah yeah absolutely but then then they, you'll have a situation where they're free to do what they want and if they get a test or whatever then they are have to go out and then a kid's going to play in their place and you don't have to extend the season and so god knows how long it's going to end up going on for
3: but there was there was briefly I, before Arsenal Liverpool the most outrage there had really been was Leicester players being spotted in the darts wasn't it like I saw that the clips of that on Talksport I saw it on Sky Sports News etc and we don't know which players it was I mean their next game was called off I'm pretty sure and
4: uh... yeah I don't think that was their end that time though but I think they'd already had a game called off prior to that if I'm not mistaken.
3: Leicester, Spurs and, and Burnley have been had the most games called off between them.
4: Yeah, Burnley have only played about four games this year, haven't they? It's been mad.
3: And they're definitely going to complain come the end of the season when they've got a whole heap of fixtures. Um, this is the kind other of, thing, is
4: it? Clubs will say about the congestion like it wasn't their own problem.
3: I don't know. It's weird, though, because um, the Spurs fans that I have seen on Twitter and um, from what Alex was telling me when I was putting out the table, James in hand are essentially just three points. So yeah. United, Burnley think they're mid-table. They're, they're a been having a whale of a time when they just look at the uh, table now and if you do add those three points on for each one. So, I guess moving forward, expect more of the same. Um, Burnley doing this now and if what I said about Arsenal is true with other clubs, then Jack can be sure that the next time Chelsea have a possibility to do so, they'll be putting through the postponement because they'll feel that they're owed one as well. Probably. And I think
4: the league then ends up sort of almost being guilt-tripped into it as well. I think that kind of almost happened with Arsenal. but They were
3: like, oh yeah, well, we haven't given up one
4: yet, so we'll let them.
3: Well, I said, didn't I? I said, it's, it's win-win here. I'm either going to tell you about the agenda as to why, <laughs> why our game wasn't postponed or we get an off London derby. In <laughs> yeah, it... I think another thing to be taken into account that whether how old they are, these people that are making the decisions, they need to get with the times a bit more. It shouldn't take you about 18 hours to make a decision on whether Arsenal Spurs is going to go ahead. Like you can do all of this stuff on Zoom. I don't care if you need to pay people overtime to be able to make these decisions late at night or whatever. Arsenal supposedly put this decision in at about 11 o'clock on Friday. They came in, the players came to training, they did the testing and they assessed the injuries. And I'm going to say they may even have put the request in before that's happened. But yeah, the probably. request went in early doors and then it took till it took till after the 12.45 kickoff on Saturday to confirm that the game had been postponed. Now, they still haven't technically made a decision on Burnley Watford as far as I've seen.
4: Not think they have yet.
3: That's a long drive for the Burnley fans to be doing tomorrow.
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: So, it's it's, it's ridiculous. They, with with the Arsenal one, that not only added to the kind of uh, tension as well, because you had the Arsenal fans saying, if this isn't called off, and then the Spurs fans alongside it going, this better bloody not be called off. It just builds and builds and builds.
4: I do think we're in an odd spot where... We've got supporters actively hoping their team doesn't play. It feels like an odd, uh, yeah, I can't quite get my head around that.
3: I was kind of torn until I saw, and I imagine this is probably how Liverpool fans felt, to be fair, until I saw the outrage of saying, they better not call this one off. Yeah,
4: and then you go off. You know what? what? We'll fucking have it off. Yeah, yeah, definitely factored in.
3: Any time that, Daniel Levy's probably in his office blowing a gasket. I think the league should make decisions on that basis. I did see a tweet that Lacazette was still there yesterday trying to break into the cheese room. But uh, those reports were confirmed. (laughs) Can we uh, talk about some football that has been played?
4: Sounds like a good idea.
3: Okay, so (laughs) Everton... Um, in a move <laughs> that nobody saw coming, Rafa Benitez was sacked around uh, what saying, about 2-3 o'clock yesterday. Although after losing to uh, Norwich, the writing was all but on the wall. Oh God, yeah. If we just look at what's gone on with them at the moment, we spoke last week and said Rafa has come in. He's abolished the entire structure that they had at the top of the football club. He sold arguably one of their top three. Well, he sold one of their top three players. And in the same week, has then been sacked. So effectively, they've got a like plan shaped by Rafa without Rafa. Is, is anyone out there, other than DM Balagay, saying the guy should have been given more time? I don't know. Maybe he's like his wife. I'm sure <laughs> even she wanted just injury put out of his misery when the eggs are, eggs are hitting the house 24-7. She doesn't need that anymore.
4: She's spending oh, his God. compensation already.
3: It's, it's just it's just baffling, isn't it? It was doomed from the start, and seemingly everyone knew this, other than Rafa and Mishiri.
0: It is. It has to go down as the worst appointment in Premier League history. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine I...
3: Arteta gets sacked and we bring in Harry
0: now Like, this is what I mean. It's one thing when he went to Chelsea, but even
4: that wouldn't be as bad, would it? This but, is even worse.
0: But literally crossing the River Mersey to Everton after being Liverpool manager and being this bad, I just—if he was—if he lit up the league, then it wouldn't have been the worst one ever. But it's the fact that it looked shit to start with and it looked shit during and it's probably <laughs> shit. It means it's probably shit. I mean, he wasn't
4: really- even going to be able to meet expectations, was he? He was going to have to exceed expectations just yeah. to get them on side slightly.
0: Exactly. He he couldn't have even been mid-table. He'd have had to have no. got top four to win them over. And that is a ridiculous amount of pressure to put on a manager in a club that has been kind of free-falling since David Moyes, really. Mm. Um. So to bring someone in to steady the shit and build on it, like Carlo Ancelotti was going to be a tough act to follow, anyway. Because like whoever you get for Everton after Carlo Ancelotti is going to be a downgrade of of sorts, and that squad is bang average as well in relevance. <laughs> yeah. However, to, to put yourself under that pressure deliberately by pointing an ex Liverpool manager is just insane, and I think we called it insane at the start <laughs> even if we go back and listen to our pre-season pod where we kind of talk about yeah that, we called it and i think that's not even like in like an indie kind of call cool no. to make everyone caught us everyone saw this coming. and it was just <laughs> outrageous <laughs> just mental
3: yeah the, the only thing that he really <laughs> has that He can claim was a success is that he brought in Damari Gray. I mean, it's like Bruce Riot bringing in (laughs) Burkamp. That's that's their equivalent. His statement was, I mean, I don't know what he's supposed to. Probably just don't say anything, to be honest. Saying, "No, I wasn't given a time." And they're saying,
0: "You don't realise
3: how bad this is until you're on the inside." Is probably quite (laughs) rough, to be fair.
4: I, I can see like Conte reading that statement going, you know what? He's absolutely right. You don't realise till you get in here.
3: Just insane. Um, what a club.
4: <laughs> what a <yeah>. club.
1: <laughs> I read a quote.
3: I read a quote from uh, someone again on The Athletic today saying, uh, Rafa is an expert on everything. He tells the doctor, the groundsman, the cleaner how to do their job better. As a result, you lose confidence as a staff member because he's always on the case to you. Um I mean, he literally cleared out the recruitment department and the medical division before he left, brought in his own guys, and they've all been sacked since he was sacked. Um, it, it, it just made no sense that the Dino one is as clear a case as showing just how badly ran they are. Yeah. Because we've said, haven't we, effectively they had to pick a side. And usually you pick the players over the manager Arsenal we've seen this season they're willing to pick the manager over the players and at Everton we saw that they picked Rafa over Dinia
4: yeah until a few days later when they didn't it'd be like Chelsea bombing Lukaku and then sacking Succo the week after
3: well the owner flew in and had had dinner with Rafa before the FA Cup game and I'm sure all Premier League managers will be able to tell you you probably don't want to be talking to the manager unless you're asking for money or you're signing a new contract. that you want them as far away as possible. And for this guy to fly in, clearly says he wasn't coming in just to see how you're doing, Oh, you're having a good time, love what you're doing here. That was just saying, you probably need to buck up your ideas soon and, and get yeah. this coming around. Struggling past Hull, losing to Brighton, and then losing to Norwich, That's you're obviously going to go. But it's the fact that the Denia sale was after the Brighton. So you've got a guy who you've effectively given the ultimatum of you turn this around in the next game or you're gone, and then sold him before the next game. Wait a week. Look, <laughs> spend twenty three million on mikalenko who looks a rash purchase. By the way, I know people can turn it around, but he's not a guy that I'd want left back in my team at the moment. He looks shaky. And you look to what they're doing next and who they're trying to bring in, and it's like, do you not learn your lessons?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Have they got O'Garzi over the line yet?
3: Yeah, yeah, he's
4: there. is (laughs) in.
3: Yeah. We're we're told the shortlist is effectively Roberto Martinez up up there on top on his own. Um, He wants to do the Belgium job and the Everton job (laughs) simultaneously. (laughs) The football manager job. Yeah. um, Then they're also suggesting to him that he come in on an interim basis, which makes even less sense. Yeah, what? And then if they can't get him, the other names that were being rumoured are uh, Frank Lampard, Wayne Rooney is supposedly next on the list after Roberto Martinez, and I saw Lucien Favre being mentioned as well. He's probably the best name on the list who. Seemingly, he's going to get nowhere near the job. Is, is Roberto Martinez essentially a someone kind of steady the shit job? Because it makes no sense to me. I mean, it makes no sense to me anyway, but it makes less sense to me if you're trying to progress.
4: I think he's probably a better manager than he gets credit for, but they've seen it and done it with him at
3: Everton. They weren't like throwing him out. So. He was the first manager Mashiri sacked.
4: Yeah, and, and the fans were protesting him as well. So. I think they've seen it and done it with him. I, I think he is what he is. I don't think he's going to change too much. So uh, I think they need a total clean the house. They need to clean house. So, so getting in an old manager
3: uh, that isn't doing that. You, you talk about um, like well, one of you, but he's spoken about. Look, he's got Belgium to be number one ranked team in the world. Don't really know what that means when you look at how it's worked out. Is like, no. no. the argument not always okay? He's done well, but. Should you not be doing better with this set of players? Like, I think he's achieved with
4: them, hasn't he? It's minimum expectation. I think what he's done
3: with them. It also just makes no sense. He turned down the Barcelona job. Why the hell is he considering the Everton job? He turn it down. Fucking hell. He he was the one who was linked before. Um, Komen went there. And he I put mean, a I was could... saying about staying at uh, staying with Belgium.
4: Yeah, no, I do remember that actually. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's mind-blowing.
3: He wants to bring Thierry in as an assistant, which is cool, but I've seen how he is with players. You probably don't want him near your Everton players if, if morale's low.
4: <laughs> Just get around telling them how
3: shit they are. Kinging in and goals he and training. <laughs> Calvert-Lewin, why he's not tucked his chair in in his interviews.
4: Oh, I can't Asking Calvert-Lewin whilst he can't, well, he can't finish, like on recap, it's showing him 10 in a row.
3: Any any of us that ever have any doubts about the ways our clubs run, and I'm not sure Jack's ever had this uh, worry, but anyone with their team should just look at Everton and just be grateful. I would that make they the case Everton fan.
4: I would make the case that they're actually they've done so far a worse job than Ashley at Newcastle. Cool. That- In that, this guy actually had ambition and wanted to win, and he's doing this. <laughs> Ashley didn't even have that. So you kind of knew what you were getting with it. This guy is trying and still fucking it.
3: Rooney's going to come there and complain about the ownership. <laughs>
4: yeah. Imagine if he goes in and he puts him in administration straight away. <laughs> like, look, we can't deal with this. I'm putting this in the administration. I actually like the job for Frank. I actually think that's a oh. good clean slate for him. I actually think he can go in and go, well, look, it's not going to be worse than this. And pick them up, a but, bit it might be. but it might be worse than that. They, I mean, they aren't going to get relegated, are they? There's shitter teams at them, so they won't
0: that won't happen. There's their squad, just it's not good, very good. That's that's the thing, isn't it? That's what scare managers away is that they're going to need to overhaul a lot of that squad. And now they, they, they should look at you know, try and find a left back that was as good as Luca Dean as well. <laughs> less, but, but the money less they spent.
3: The, the financial fair play situation they're in, the new manager now has even less to be able to spend because they've used up a loan spot with the Al and they've just spent thirty five million on two new fullbacks. They were yeah, they were barely rash. able to spend as it was. And that might be better for Frank. It, it went downhill when he started spending money.
4: <laughs> it, <laughs> if, it does feel that, doesn't it? If they don't go for miners, they will
3: all go for Rune, it feels though. Like, which
4: again, but you, neither neither move has much planning going on there.
3: If you were the Everton ownership in, you can take Rooney or Frank, which one are you taking?
4: I give it Frank, I think. I would, yeah, give it Frank just because. Not that I think he's a, a great manager. I would just, I think there's more pressure attached with Rooney and Everton that I would probably want to see him do a bit more before I give him the top
3: job.
0: Yeah, he, I think the fans as well, still want Big Dunk to get it in. They could do with someone completely detached from the club. Hmm, yeah. Either hasn't been there before, or doesn't have previous of managing their biggest rivals.
3: Yeah, I think even we may see a Spurs situation where if you see some credible names linked after they've been interviewed, it may be a case of why are these managers not signing? What what's happening behind the scenes? Mm, yeah. Do I we... mean we've had a fair amount of
4: warning about what's going on behind the scenes? <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, do you put any? Credits into the agent Rafa theorist Rafa (laughs) in and the whole time he just wanted to take Everton down, and if he couldn't take him down, he was going to go out trying. (laughs) I do love the idea, but but no, I think he was trying. If he was trying,
4: (laughs) yeah, I guess he could have lost that game to Arsenal.
3: Yeah, sorry, that's true.
4: He's yeah. At his best. <laughs> yeah, Tamari Gray has never right ideas. Yeah, he's. Um, I think it was the perfect. It was a marriage from hell, whereby I think his career is on a decline and Everton are on a decline. So <laughs> you got them together, and it, with his previous relationship with Liverpool as well, and it's just every sort of ingredient you could go
3: for something to go wrong was in place for really. it. Do you think Martinez goes back? To that goes back there.
4: Sounds like he wants it, doesn't it? So, they want him, he wants it. It'll probably happen.
0: It's so interesting, though. Like, why would you,
4: it doesn't have no sense, does it?
0: In a World Cup year, when you've got the last shot of this golden generation of Belgian players, why why go now? Well, maybe our theory is correct,
3: that international managers just don't actually do a lot. Yeah. And so he can't just do both
0: seems yeah. like a good gig doesn't it you think doesn't Southgate's deal when you, he literally manages like eight games a season
3: just gets the pick of the seats uh, to the games he wants to watch that's essentially being paid to go watch
4: games basically it's mental which let's face it with the England job how much you really need to watch <laughs> you go to <into> games <laughs> going, oh yeah that, that Foden lad's not bad is he <laughs> <laughs> so it means can't defend for shit that's weird
3: Here's Thomas Frank say Southgate needs to take a look at Rico Henry. Is that like, for fuck's sake? Why are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Should we have a look at the transfer gossip? Everton, yeah. I think, is going to be an ongoing thing here. Um. So the big news today: Brentford are in talks to sign Christian Eriksen to a six-month deal.
4: Didn't see them being the club. Don't know why. Didn't no. So- them.
3: I saw the story break uh, at the weekend where they said he was in talks with a number of clubs and he was hoping to finalize something by the end of the week. So the basis of this is he's had an internal defibrillator fitted. And there's something in Syria with uh, their kind of medical procedures, et cetera, where if you have this, you cannot play in their league.
1: Yeah. They want to have
3: you. You can't play in their league. So, Mutually terminated his contract. I'm sure it was probably on less favourable terms than William got at Arsenal. And uh, he's leaving to try and find another club. We then hear about he's having to train back at his boyhood club in Denmark. He's struggling to get anyone to take a chance on him. And then suddenly, almost like the Coutinho one, you, you hear the news that look, all these clubs are interested. Does it make sense with Brentford? They've got a number of Danish players. Um, they can probably afford more to take a punt on him he can just take we're calling it taking a punt we know how talented he is but if if and i mean don't mean to put this quite so bluntly if he can play with his heart the way it is is it even a punt
4: no no it's it's in no way a punt it's, it's the it is that you're right to say it sounds dark it sounds a bit crass but the question is is he going to collapse again is the only question if it's about quality and he's on a free transfer, everybody in the league would try it. Even Man City, who obviously don't need that, would probably try it. So there's no element of a punt to it. He's above and beyond anything Brentford could get near. It is literally just whether someone will take a chance because of that
3: medical condition. Without mm. so being <laughs> too cynical, you're getting a lot of goodwill from being the team that picks him up as well.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, true. Is it, it's interesting because he is exactly what Chelsea need at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, was, oh, that would be a I,
3: I, mean, I said to Sean, I said, Spurs midfield options, Ericsson might not be the worst shout for you. He didn't actually reply. Um, it's interesting. I mean, no one's going to be unhappy to see him playing football again. It's just going to be interesting to see. Uh, it, it might be like Coutinho, and we've seen a very small sample size, but the second he gets on the score sheet and he looks like he can actually run for more than 10 minutes. A number of people were asking, OK, well, the number one question was, why didn't Liverpool pick him up? I saw all over Twitter after he scored from a yard out against United. <laughs> <laughs> and so I imagine if Ericsson comes in and he starts balling, the question is going to be, why didn't we pick this guy up? Because so Brescia sure. will play in a way as well. It's not like he's going and he's back to the wall with Burnley. He's playing in a team. His service for Tony, what
4: more can he ask for? Yeah, I mean, sometimes they can go a bit more direct, which obviously wouldn't suit him, but they can mix it up, so he would be a nice little uh, addition for them, nice little change. But that, that is, I guess, the nature of this deal, isn't it? Is that they're getting a player of unbelievable quality for them, with all due respect, for a short yeah. period, and he's getting a shot window, is basically what it is, isn't it? It's kind yeah. of like, in lower league, Chalton do it a lot with a, a player who's obviously better than them. Give him a short contract, yeah. he gets a window, hopefully yeah, he goes on be something better. To yeah, yeah, which... He probably shouldn't have left, I would say. I think he should have done a season and gone somewhere else, but side note.
3: On their part, then I guess it's on them. You've got six months to charm him. Say, you, would you not be better maybe taking less money and playing regularly with us? So you can enjoy your football. Yeah, 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 exactly. There we go. Red and, and the same thing with Andy Carroll at the moment. So that's probably the only time you'll hear those two players mentioned together. <laughs> um manchester united's dutch midfielder donny van der baek has rejected a loan move to newcastle because of their position in the table Some of them. <laughs> somebody him like, you get, yourself, um, get yourself some game time exactly and it's a loan move they're not you're yeah, yeah, yeah. not asking yourself your life away you're competing with john joe shelby for the position <laughs>
0: he's probably looked at that team just thought i want no part of that if i want to put myself in a shop window newcastle is not the place to do it It, it, i watched watched them on on saturday and
3: it was a quite enjoyable game actually but what they need is someone in the middle that can connect a few dots and they're going to start putting the ball in the back of the net a bit more it was an enjoyable game to be fair for if that's you felt like a proper six pointer um that ended with the points being shared. So beyond the beyond the point. But it was it was enjoyable and all they need is just a couple more of these players to take a punt on them. And I'm not sure Don is in a position where he can be turning his nose up at Newcastle. Unless he's reading the it. Gotcha the Dortmund are interested, but uh clearly United aren't interested. So and Martial turning his nose up uh, turning his nose up at Newcastle. Um some might say fair enough. For all I think of him, turning your nose up at Spurs who the hell else is coming in for Martial? And that was on a loan as well. No, I nice don't think you to sign your life away to Spurs either.
4: I don't know what level he thinks he's going to end up leaving United for, but it isn't going to be better than Spurs. Supposedly, he's considering Seville. Interesting.
3: And Barcelona is the other one, but they're just being linked with everyone.
4: Yeah, you, you want to be careful with that. That could feel very much a, a Danny Rose, have we heard anything from Milan sort of situation. <laughs> yeah. Have we heard anything from Barca? No, sorry, Tony. It's just Newcastle in for you the minister.
3: minute, still. Half Rose as well, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, so and good. Well. So,
4: then, so good.
3: Newcastle are making progress in their attempt to sign Seville's 28-year-old Brazilian defender, Diego Carlos. So, hey, David they... was infuriating me as an Arsenal fan watching him play. I was texting my brother while like I was a uh, duality. Like <laughs> you know, the guy was playing against him. Um, and eventually he decides not to jump for a Heleno Pedro. There you go. But supposedly they're they're in for James Tarkovsky as well, and they're gonna say, you're right, he's got six months left. We'll offer you 20 million and hope his agent does the rest and gets him out of there.
4: They're just going with that. we might not stay up, we'll just relegate Burnley and then that will hopefully
3: prop us up. They can't well as well. <laughs> I saw them in the star at one point. So if you take everyone else's players,
4: just destroy them. Don't worry about it if they do well for you. Just make sure they can't do it
3: for them. Imagine Burnley can just never play a game because they just don't have the players. They just get the postponed those constantly. <laughs> <'cause> you <they> can't <laughs> just keep taking them every time they get a fit player.
4: Oh, note um, comes back and I'm like, where is
3: everybody? that not <laughs> <start."
4: laughs> training ground empty. I
3: love I, I, I love. But there was a release call in Chris Wood's deal, by the way. Don't hear about them enough. And it's just 125 million. I don't know who else they thought was activating that, but
4: just mad. They laughed when they put that in. They thought no one's doing this. Yeah. Oh, shit, it's happened.
3: <laughs> uh Southampton are in talks with Chelsea over a permanent move for the Blues on loan 20-year-old Albania forward Armando Brohas.
0: Yeah, I'd, I've tickled to come out and said today that, that he's, you know, I've, thoughts for the future that we're not making a decision on him now which I I kind of get he's been playing well for Southampton I've been watching his games he was kind of a one to watch in the academy and he's done pretty brilliantly this season he has I also got very embarrassed because he sat on the table next to me before a Champions League game earlier in the season and I tried to take a photo and the flash went off Um, (laughs) I remember you saying this yeah (laughs) Yeah, I, I hope he makes it big because that story I'll dine out on that.
3: <laughs> Apparently, um, his mum and I, I saw um, an Albanian on Twitter saying essentially like, "What your parents tell you to do, you you, you better listen." And they're saying, "Then nice I said settled in Southampton and so telling his agents get this deal pushed through, he wants to be playing first team football and." Doesn't, doesn't want to go back now. That's the thing once you loan a player out, it? They don't want to go back to sitting on the bench afterwards.
0: Yeah, I mean, with the way that our strikers are playing at the moment, he may not even be on the bench. <sighs> um,
3: Barcelona's French winner, Ousmane Dembele, is expected to leave Barca for either Manchester United or Juventus, with Chelsea and Bayern now outsiders to sign the 24-year-old. That... I, I hope he goes to United. That... Honestly,
0: that him to United, that would be one of that would just sum up United in the last ten.
3: Get the pogba wages off the books and sign him to be permanently crocked.
0: Like he is his injury record. I don't know we even know why we went in for him because or why we were even sniffing around after what we've gone through with Pulisic with injury records. Just if he gets that badly injured in the Spanish league. He doesn't want any of the Premier League. No way. He was a, br- he was a brilliant player. Like Every now and again, he'd show buzz. That he can kick with both feet really well. He's awesome. But his attitude stinks as well, apparently. So United would be a but, great fit.
3: I know they're running this thing about his attitude in Barca because he won't take a contract on reduced terms. And you've got That's- to be looking at some of the contracts they've dished out there and being like... Absolutely, I'm not taking less money for you to waste it.
0: It, I mean, it was even before then. As I remember, before he we went to Barca, where I genuinely thought Chelsea were going to get him. I was really reading into him, and he would just turn up late for Dortmund training. He's not. Is actually sunk <laughs> everywhere that he's gone? Apparently, this
3: this he was the first player that turned up late for uh, Xavi's new regime. That TK, you'd be fucked with this, by the way, because I mean, supposedly. <laughs> He says, you turn up 90 minutes early training, and if you're less than 90 minutes early, then you're late. And you turned up a <laughs> couple of minutes late, and Shabby wasn't having it.
4: I'm transfer listed in the first day. Yeah. I've seen enough. I'm
3: a of AMI, eh? um, I
4: was about to say, who was actually turning up on time for Dortmund training? Was everybody just... <laughs> <laughs> so this was at Barca. No, but... Um, Oh yeah, Jack. Jack. Jack said when he was at yeah.
3: Uh, Arsenal made a 50 million offer for Fiorentina Serbian striker Dušan Vlahović, with the Uruguayan midfielder Lucas Torreira offered as a make weight. Again, would love to see it happen. Would dance in the street if it happened, but uh, all feels a bit. Uh, there hasn't been much credibility in the the rumors I've seen, so. Uh, I won't allow myself to get too uh, excited just yet. And they'll have the pick of the bunch in uh, the summer. Uh, this one felt right off the, uh, just creating a rumour. Arsenal remain interested in a possible January move for Nottingham Forest's on loan right-back Jed Spence. But the Middlesbrough for a player is also attracting interest from Italian giants Roma and Inter Milan. Is this not he had a good game against this in the FA Cup? We need a right-back. Let's link the two.
0: This is Victor Moses doing that scoop turn against Chelsea <laughs> all over again.
3: <laughs> Technically, we don't even need a right bar. We've got Tommy Asu, Cedric, Callum Chambers. The quality maybe leaves a bit to be desired, but after Tommy Asu.
4: Yeah, that, that is absolutely... He had a good game. we are got a link with with everyone. That is absolutely it.
3: Now, I did like the credible reports linking Arsenal to Yuri Tielemans, who has 18 months left on his Leicester deal. The more you hear about some of these like agent meetups, it just beyond belief that these things happen. I mean, his agent was at London Colney in the last couple of weeks, talking <laughs> about the future. I mean, I love I love the thought of it. Him that the party, thank you very much. But Leicester, uh you don't often get the good side of them in a deal. No. That's what I saw people saying. Like, why don't Liverpool just go for Harvey Barnes? And it's like, because they'll be paying the price that they would probably be paying for, like, an Mbappe a couple of years ago. He <laughs> says 18 months left on Tillman's deal. Yeah. He refused so, to sign a new
4: one. See, so I thought he was out of it in the uh, in the summer.
3: No, he probably had one of them annoying, like, we can year on as a one-week leave. Would make sense on their part, because... Yeah, supposedly Liverpool have no interest, so... I don't think he's had...
4: A particularly standout start to this year, so I can see where you might have some reservations. And I like him, uh,
3: okay. So, one for Liverpool Leeds United's England midfielder Calvin Phillips is wanted by Liverpool, but Leeds are more open to letting him go abroad. Think he could do a job in there next to Fabinho?
4: Well, you know, you know, my thoughts on Calvin Phillips early doors. I would, I like him. Um, again, how much we would have to cough up for him might. Be a bit of a stumbling block. I'll be honest. I think they would probably look for a similar amount to what West Ham are going to look for for Rice, which is going to be astronomical. And Rice is obviously younger again and probably has an even higher seeding So I'm not sure if we're going to go for that. I'll be honest.
3: Well, I mean, according to this bit of gossip, his other suitors are PSG, Bayern, and Real Madrid. So we uh, <laughs> might have a bit of raw there. And finally. Interim boss Ralph Rangnick is growing frustrated with United's reluctance to back him in the transfer window, and is concerned over how much influence he will hold when he begins his two-year consultancy role in the summer.
0: I, I don't get how. I mean, he's got a six-month contract as manager, and they, after what they've seen so far since he's been in, London, has he got any right to really worry about being backed?
3: Well, to be fair. His He's going to be moving upstairs is, as well. <laughs> yeah, his, his whole thing is about how well he spends money bringing in the right players for a system and this kind of thing.
0: Mm. But that's what I mean. He's only there for six months and he brings in players to fit a system. That's not necessarily going to be... Yeah.
3: They I guess they they're trying to lay the want, groundwork.
0: Yeah, I get it. But they don't want to fall into the trap other squads have done where they've bought some players for one system, some players for another, and then they just have a really mm. weird fit. I in guess some, that's, that's probably their thinking.
3: In some ways, though, like you, you might not need to know an entire system to re- to replace Fred and McTominay. Like,
4: <laughs> yeah,
3: valid. They're Maybe not going to do that in January. You just though, are you just though, get though? a good midfielder. I think they. I think they may get one, but we'll we'll uh, see what happens. Shall we move on to the NFL?
0: Close the show. <laughs> yeah, oh. go for it. Let's see you boys later
3: adios salami I don't know, I have more gossip I just don't scroll the page down. oh no we'll save it for next week all right if we start with the Raiders on the Bengals um we, I was I was looking forward to this game I said it last week um thought it would be close it did turn out to be close in the end and uh Joe Burrow ultimately steals the show. 24 for 34 passing, 244 yards, two first-half touchdowns, and ends the Bengals' 31-year wait for a playoff win. Um, we said last week that Derek Carr was effectively going to have to be perfect and then had the chance to uh, tie the score and throws an interception with 12 seconds to go. But a fun game to kick off
4: the wildcard weekend. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because of some of the results in the other games and because this was the first one, it does feel like almost a bit of a distant memory, that game. Yeah. And this was um, a weird game as well. It threatened to be not that close for a second, didn't it? And then yeah. Raiders did put themselves back in it to be to make it a close enough game that you could keep your attention.
3: Kind of like the Cowboys, one.
4: Yeah, well, that ended up being, you know, obviously quite dramatic and yeah. close, didn't it? Whereas I don't think we got quite that level of drama in the Bengals this game, but certainly enough to keep you, uh, keep you watching. We got. I mean, very, very few games ago end like that. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. It's very
3: few came games to to end like Which One came down to the last play ultimately in this one to see if we were going to go to overtime or not. Yeah, hang on, I think Sean might want to jump on.
4: Oh. Interesting. What do you have jumped on as those Niners have lost?
3: Oh, very interesting. Just try and add him and see if he joins. Um, we'll, we'll carry on. If he joins, he joins. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Um, so, the, the controversy in this game was the second touchdown by Joe Burrow, where the play gets blown dead. He throws the pass, and yet it counts. And Adam Schefter now says that that whole refereeing crew isn't going to be working any more games in the playoffs this season. Oh wow! Uh, the NFL grades each of the teams, uh, each of the uh, like officiating teams after each game, and yeah, they didn't they didn't get a high rating. Uh, this one finished
4: the NFL fans that complain about their officials should uh watch a week of Premier League games and see if they uh still hate them as much yeah the, the only thing with that one the the rule I, I know is that if it if they blow up it's dead I think that whistle was probably late enough that I don't think they were you know carrying on to make an interception or pressure or whatever anyway I don't think so, I don't know
3: uh, because the guy seemed seemingly almost like stops in the air, like a curve and relax.
4: Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I felt like people were in a position enough that we knew the outcome. I felt.
3: I think there's American fans saying, ah, "Best league in the world, worst, worst officious." The, the, <laughs> <whole
4: world. laughs> the Canadians don't have to put up with this shit. <laughs>
3: um. The Patriots and the Bills. I think I may have said this was the one I was the most excited for, to be fair, going into the weekend. Um, Turned out to be anything but Josh. Sorry. Josh Allen throws 308 yards, five touchdowns. They reached the end zone on seven straight drives. Didn't have a fourth down the entire game. Just insanity. I I mean, he left mine at halftime. We didn't really need to see any more. Um, and to be fair, I, I could have done without seeing it anymore. I kept it on just to really come to see what happens. And the only plus was kind of appreciating the performance, but certainly that wasn't what I tuned in for.
4: It was an unbelievable performance, wasn't it? A guy I used to go to uni with uh, is a Patriots fan. and I was messaging him and he said it is just one of those performances where you've just got to sort of stand back and go, OK, that was pretty special for Alan and the Bills. Um, yeah, wh- and I, I think I said on our pick, last week that when the Bills are hot, they're unbelievable. When they're cold, it's you know they've lost to the Jacks. so you can you can really yeah. get two sides. And you kind of wondered if Belichick was just going to be good enough that you've got a limited roster with the Patriots, but he can squeeze everything out of them. But there's no match for you know talent like the Bills when they get going. Oh, hello, hello, and Linus here to croak.
3: Yeah, that, we've we've finished talking about 49ers already, so... <laughs> no,
4: you haven't. <laughs> Bad luck.
3: We're talking about the Bills. They they explained it last night, and uh, I can't remember which pundit it was, and they said, like, this wasn't just, like, the best performance of the round. Like, this is, like, an all-time great quarterback performance in the playoffs.
4: I think they probably needed that as an organisation against the Patriots as well, probably. They probably, if they were going to... Give someone a dick in like that it probably has to be the team that have owned them for all this time. They probably have to go out and make a statement on them. And if they're going to go head-to-head with the Chiefs they've got to go in with some confidence because the Chiefs are the Chiefs. They're the second ones who have owned them after the Patriots.
3: The thing was like, Matt Jones wasn't even that bad.
4: No, just just overall wasn't it? Just uh, too much. Too many weapons.
3: It was a case of like Every time he touched the football, he needed to be scoring two touchdowns. <laughs> he didn't really stand the chance. I thought it was a, it was a little bit like um,
4: we've seen it before with the Packers going down to, say, uh, like the Falcons when they had that unbelievable year and um, the Niners, where they just, you just couldn't make a stop. And you can see, the players can see that we just can't stop this. And that's exactly, obviously exactly what ended up happening with them. They, they quite literally didn't stop them. That
3: Falcons game is probably the most dejected I've been as a Packers fan.
4: <laughs> it
3: was just...
4: I think I'm not right saying they didn't make a stop today. I, I imagine they probably had a similar thing with...
3: They probably yeah. have
4: a fourth down either, I don't think.
3: Feels about right. Um, and then we went from one blowout to what well, really was a blowout until the last couple of minutes... Uh, Tom Brady leading the Bucks past the Eagles, 31-15. Brady extends his all-time record for the most playoff wins by a quarterback to 35. Extends the record for the most playoff games started to 46. And uh, they were 31 up before the Eagles even scored. So the scoreline probably does flatter them in the end.
4: With a bit of help from the officials along the way as well, but that'll get lost in yeah. the annals of history, the same as every other ever Brady win. <laughs> it's fun.
2: There's enough, there's enough bad stuff in there, I feel like. I'm not, I wouldn't be... I don't think the bucks were that great. I think the Eagles You're
4: not scared of the bucks.
2: Not bad. I'm not. I mean, I I am. as not scared of the Bucs. He won't have to worry about the Bucks <laughs> as, a, as an Irish fan, because it would be Brady against Jimmy G, which that that would be terrifying. I don't know what he would do. Um, so that, that would scare me. But outside of that, I'd, I'd be less... I'd be less scared of them. It
4: was like... Imagine I how mentally cooked Jimmy G would be in that matchup. Christ,
3: it'd be just. Yeah, there would be a lot right, of
4: right decisions left, right, and center.
3: I thought the Bucks game was more dull than the Bills one.
4: Oh, for sure. I, I thought, look, I'm That's going to sound like a real hater, but I thought it was a quintessential Brady win. I thought there is nothing uh, particularly engaging or interesting about this, but he's just done it ruthlessly and efficiently. Whereas. The way Allen obviously bullied the Patriots was, as much as it was a blur, blowout, it was entertaining, I felt. Whereas this was, yeah, just sort of routine.
3: I didn't see much of a pre-game video from Josh Allen, though. So you do have to hold that against him.
4: If he's got anything about him, he drops a many-men vid before the next <laughs> game.
3: Anything about <laughs> um So, 49ers, Cowboy. Again, a pretty depressing watch.
4: I wish we could have had a watch along with Sean because I feel like he would have just there'd have been so many moments where he'd just given up in despair
2: I was thinking I was thinking a lot throughout the game where I just thought like why do we like sport why do we go for this I love when he gets in this spot this is just torture like when it was like, why is it never easy? Why could it have not just gone the way it was meant to go? And then just all of the different ways come back. And if the Cowboys oh. had won last night, rather would have been in such a bad way for the rest of the day. Is it all worth it? Exactly, yeah. The, the answer is, no, I don't think it is worth it. <laughs> I feel every
3: time I watch dart, every time I bet on darts, actually.
2: Then you think, like, it's so unique compared to anything else, isn't it? Like, you could be disappointed and annoyed for so long. But you can't change team; like you're stuck with it. It's like not with any any other situation in life. You just do something else or go somewhere else. But you're stuck with what you with what you watch. Yeah, if
4: like you watch if you watch like a, a TV series that ended like a bit disappointing, that you'd be oh, I'm pretty annoyed about that. You'd get over it. <laughs> you can watch something else.
2: Whereas this is just sticking yeah. with you. You just have to I live think. with the the nightmare. And then Byron. <laughs> Byron last night tweeting pretty much exactly when it then turned was like I just <sighs> wanted a I just wanted a nice <laughs> yeah
3: yeah well I was quite, <laughs> well you I was got what you wanted annoyed, I was quite annoyed by the fact I think the thing with the NFL that makes it worse to what you said Sean is um, the level of time you have to invest for what could possibly be a loss like the game started at twenty to ten our time here. And finished around 10 past one.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> so if you come out with an L at the end of horrific.
4: And then you've also got till basically October to put it right again. So you, it's not like you can even get in, anything out of your system. It is, okay, this is just it. Yeah, fine. there's
2: no like, there's no Carabao cap or anything. <laughs> uh, you've only got Those the one thing.
3: Penalties were just horrific. 14 times. They were flagged yesterday. 89 yards, they were pushed back. What the hell you, What the hell are you going to be able to do when you're killing yourself
2: like that? It feels like Greg Hardy had about 10 of them on, on himself as well. Greg Hardy? Um, yes, Greg Hardy. Greg's airline. No, no. Um... Greg Hardy's the one in the NFL. Yes, yeah, it. In, yeah. in the UFC, sorry.
4: <laughs> <He> <laughs> kn- knocked about his bird.
2: Uh, is it Gregory? Yeah, Greg Hardy, yeah. I oh, don't know. No. with
4: the he real Greg did, Hardy please stand up? He just
2: also played for the Cowboys. So no, it's not, <laughs> it's not him. Who Who was it? No, he's... It, um... it was Rosen something, wasn't it? Who am I thinking of? Who's the defensive end? Showing us up here. you
4: were thinking of Micah Parsons. He had an absolute shock after what they said. Is that who you were thinking of, Sean?
2: I can't think of who I'm thinking of now. It's not Micah Parsons, no. I don't know who it was, but oh, this is really annoying me now because Randy Gregory, that's it. That's who I'm thinking of. <laughs> How the hell did you get Greg Hardy? <laughs> I don't know, like, same kind of end to the first name and the last name. So that's who I was thinking of. Randy Gregory, yeah. He obviously he's the, one that had the holding the call at the end. A couple of times, and he had the holding call as well, yeah. Um. But yeah, never seen anything like that because there are so and many. And there were
4: times. very few that you could really argue with either. Like, I normally, the amount of time they throw a flag, I'm like, come on. And I've, there were just so many that you're like, yeah, I can't really argue with that. That's just what are they do. It
2: because there were twice where I think the Niners obviously they decided like we're not going to let you throw the ball here. So they were just running it up the middle, and then they could have got the ball back with quite a decent amount of time left. But then, then yeah, then he, he obviously chucks them to the, the floor and then they get another free first down. So that takes all the time away. Um, yeah, I just couldn't believe how it all kind of unravelled to the point where it got to where they actually got to. Well, when, yes. when
4: they get there, you're thinking, right, the Niners have fucked this now. Cowboys are going to do it because they're just getting down the field with ease. They kept getting out to the side. By the time the Niners
3: realised this is what they're doing,
4: Dak was running with the ball. <laughs> what the hell's he doing?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty much a dream as a Packers fan because if the Niners went through, then they were being battered. And if the Cowboys went through them. I was going to get your reaction, so that was me rather than as a Packers fan, actually. Um, <laughs> but it, there was a tweet that came around in like the second quarter, and it said, "You know what the Cowboys are going to do? It. They're going to make this just <laughs> close enough to just really torment all of their fans." And that's exactly what they did. Like Dak decided to just start playing in the fourth quarter and earn some of his seventy-five million dollars that he'll take home this year. Um, field goal they go for first of all which we were questioning when you need to get points on the board then Dak gets a five-yard touchdown after Jimmy G decided to just be Jimmy G
2: it was and the quintessential it was a quintessential Jimmy G game and probably the whole season like he starts off amazing starts off really well looks like we're going to smash them and then and then when it gets to fourth quarter just doesn't know how to throw the ball so then they eventually take it off his hands and and make them run it's like really, he gets bored it's messing like up a quarterback sneak well yeah, yeah. he did because oh, he, they were God. saying wasn't he, he was a, he was 11 of 11 on all yeah. key before that um, you knew
4: once he said that
2: right he's yeah. fucking this I mean Dak he almost almost nearly sealed it on that 4th and 11 he only, like where the yeah 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 rush and then he, he obviously gets out of the pocket checks it and then he only miss, only it just, just goes through, just, through wow. the guy's hand
4: his mate should have helped him out, I
2: think. That would have been it. If they'd have caught that, I think they'd have won. I mean, I mean just... what, a way to, what a way to end that was.
4: I loved it when uh, you could have that, that moment of realisation from the commentators. Like, I don't think this is such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and you just see him desperately trying to spike the ball and the ref running
3: in there. It was the moment when he said, no, it's over. And you were like, what? We've just been robbed of like." Because there's a few things more enjoyable when that ball is in the air. And you just see a herd of people in the end zone. And you're just waiting to see if someone can get on the end of it. I'm not sure Sean's heart would have coped. (laughs) If If you're a neutral, maybe, yeah. Yeah, we were robbed of a blockbuster ending, for sure. And it's like, when you saw how close they were, it was like, you could have got two, three shots off. What the hell were you even trying to do? It made no sense. No, it did seem pointless, didn't it?
2: Well, it was like whether they could have had two from where they were at, like, what, the halfway line? Or they were gonna get one from like the twenty-five, wasn't it? So, and you look back at some of the
3: things they wasted their timeouts. It's the no. whole, the one where they got the delay of game.
2: This is the most. Oh, that team. was after the how... after the fake punt. Wasn't yeah, it?
4: how do you fake punt and then do that? I mean, that is just unbelievable.
3: <laughs> just, I mean, Mike McCarthy war criminal after some of the calls yesterday he's just he's as bad as you get
4: he's like doing some good jobs
2: <laughs> yeah jerry's jerry's come out and said uh he's not being sacked either God. he I must mean, be a
4: great crack behind the scenes he must <laughs> just be a great bloke because christ
3: should we look at the uh games this weekend let's do it so the bengals at the titans first a call is essentially how healthy Derek Henry is. Who never forget Sean said wouldn't make it in this league. <laughs>
2: Good take. <save. laughs> I'm not sure I said that. Yes, <laughs> you did when he got the Heisman. <laughs> okay. You he we'll pointed to that.
3: the fact that he wasn't going to be drafted very high. Right, we'll run with that. We will run with that. Um I guess that is. That's the game-changer, isn't it? If he's fit, then that's a fairly new weapon to be able to add into your offense.
4: Surprised, I imagine, like everyone else,
3: how well they coped without him. In fairness, though,
4: I wouldn't have pit them to be the one seed, and you tell me Derrick Henry doesn't play for a decent chunk. I would have told you you were crazy. So it's impressive how they've been able to do it. And yeah, there's something about that team that I don't know, I just don't fall in love with.
3: In, in the second half, it, as the game started to close out, the Raiders had a fair bit of success with their running game. And so you'd imagine if they can have that level of success... Then Derek Henry should have a field there. But... Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah, and you, you wonder, you know, if the Bengals have seen it a little banged up going into that game, another game on them, are they even more so going into a game where the Titans presumably are coming in fresh? How much of a yeah. bearing will that have on it? Just grind them down. Could be the a, a real sort of a uh, lesson in how useful the buy is.
3: Sean, uh, you talk a lot about the spread. Three point five is
2: the spread here. You're taking the plus or the minus. I, I'm taking it. It's three point five. Titans are the favourite. Yeah. 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 Um, well, you know, you do, you normally say free. It just goes to the home team, so that suggests suggests it's going to be pretty close. I think I take I take the minus though. I think the Titans win. I think this is a step too far for the Bengals. I think I well, like you said, it's obviously all going to come on on Henry, isn't it? But I think Tanner good enough to manage the game. So they'll run with Henry. They'll chew the clock. They'll get a lead, and then they'll force the Bengals to to yeah probably throw deep or throw maybe more than the, than they want to. And then I think Burrow get obviously he's ready for the limelight. But I think Titans overall are probably the better team, so they'll go through.
3: Yeah, you know, I took the Cowboys with the spread, so that uh, ended well. <laughs> do, you, do you see the Do you see the pictures of um, Fitzmagic with his shirt off at the building yeah. in the crowd? Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <ruined. laughs> I'm. I'm rooting for the Bengals here. Watching, you're rooting for them, but do you think they're gonna
4: win?
2: Yeah, I'd be rooting for them as well. But... Yeah, uh, I know what I want to say. Go on, put your nuts on it.
4: Whether or whether,
3: whether I want to put my name to it.
4: Do you believe it? Look, I'm rolling yeah. with the Bengals in both senses, if so that makes you feel any better. I want yeah, them Joe to win, Burrow, and I'm backing them to get the job done.
3: Joe Burrow is going to put on a show they've got the early game again, which I like. I like that slot on a Saturday. It is a good slot. <laughs> well, if you like it, it
4: that, that should back the Bengals. If you like <laughs> the early Saturday slot, that should sort <laughs> them right out.
3: Well, look what they did on Saturday. They like that slot as well. Yeah, exactly. Jamar Chase
4: likes that slot. He, he wants to get home. I'm
3: going to take. I'm going to take the Bengals, and it's going to be a final drive from Joe Burrow to get it over the line. Oh boy. Nice. And you're rolling with the Bengals as well. I am indeed. I I've got so much more bunged up in the
2: last 20 minutes. You sound like
4: you have. You sound like <laughs> you've been infected during this.
2: Chat. I think that. Yeah, I mean, well, we'll go on to the other games, but I, I, I do think the winner ultimately comes out of the other matchup here to go to the Super Bowl. I think this is the one just to go for one more, and then you're out. I mean,
4: not to put, yeah, not to put a dampener on things, but you feel like the Bengals—if they get through, are gonna have to go life and death here. <laughs> so by the time yeah. you've got through this, our oh, congratulations—you just got to play probably the, the Chiefs or the Bills. Sorry, the, probably the Chiefs I am about to say, but maybe at the best case scenario is you've got to pay the Bills. Congratulations.
3: And now, Sean, um, I know you're not wanting to be able to uh, stay up late. How are you going to cope with this kickoff on Saturday night?
2: Well, I'm going to stay up for that, aren't I? Realistically. Can't not. Stay well, you, need... you might want to. Are you going to be able to? <laughs> the intent is yeah. there. I mean, unless it's like a... If it's a Packers blowout, if it's like 35-0 at halftime, then I will just turn off and go to bed, I imagine.
3: But Is it a worry for you that the Miners did just about everything you could have wanted them to do on Sunday and still had to hang on after the way the Cowboys played? Uh,
2: yes and no. To some extent, you could say the same with the Rams, but it was just the opposite. Like we started off really slow and then came back and then this was the opposite and ultimately got the win in both. Um as we alluded to earlier, like well, it's a weird one. I wasn't scared of the Packers before that game. Maybe I'm changing my answer to your question here. I wasn't scared of him before the game, and now I am a little bit. I'd have I'd have been more scared of the Bucks for reasons we said. You said earlier. you weren't
3: that worried about
2: Yeah, but I'm it's more of the Brady Jimmy G thing that I'm worried about. <laughs> What the about rest of the Jimmy G in that cold? He can play in the cold. He he went he went to Lambo two years ago and and smoked the Packers. I mean, he didn't throw any passes, but <laughs> <laughs> the team won. <laughs> and so that that I can't believe it when I when they mentioned that. Like, he only actually threw two passes. Madness. Cool. Um, so yeah, look, the biggest worry is the injured players. Hopefully, they both come back, um, Bosa and Warner, and then. Yeah, essentially, it's just going to be the same. The only way you're going to be able to do it is do the same that we did those two years ago. It's just going to be run the ball, hoping they don't, hoping they can't stop it, and just do that for the whole match, and then hope that Rogers doesn't have enough to come back at the end. Maybe pick him off once, and that should be should be enough. But the issue is, is defense might not be quite as good. Um, I think the offense is probably a little bit better, but defense might not be quite as good.
3: First tweet I saw after the game last night said. What kind of numbers do you think Jimmy G was putting up in college? Because he, <laughs> must, have in, he must have put in some work.
2: Oh,
4: terrifying numbers.
2: What, did you see Romo alluded to that as well? Because he went to the same college. Do you ever remember when he talked about that? No. He was like, I can't remember the the actual words he used, but... Like, no, oh, it was
4: quite crude.
2: Yeah, Nans. I remember
4: meant, thinking, this is quite crude for commentary. <laughs> yeah, Nance
2: mentioned that he went to the same college, and he was like something like a, a tear away or sneaky or, or something like that, or not well behaved or something like that. And he was basically alluding to, he was shagging around. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure um, we... So the stat that will be
3: flashed plenty of times between uh, now and Saturday is that the Packers had the, the least yards conceded to the run throughout the season. Um, the other stat I saw was actually that they faced less running attempts than any other team in the NFL. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do deal with that.
2: What are you? What are your? What are your boys' thoughts? Were you happy you got the Niners? Would they be the team you'd want to get? Would you rather the Cowboys? Well, I thought it would be comfy until um,
3: in, in, until the end of the game when that game was a certainty. The recent record in the playoffs leaves a lot to be desired.
4: I would have rather the the Cowboys. Uh, Obviously, the the Packers do have uh, a decent record against the Cowboys anyway in the playoffs of recent. And I, I do think, I've said before, that the Niners increasingly seem to understand what they are, which is go back to two years ago where we run the ball, give it to Jimmy G sparingly, and I think against the Packers, that's going to be crystallized than ever. I think they're going to go, look, we're not going to go throwing it around. The weather's cold. They're a better team than us. And a couple of years ago, we routed them doing this. So we're going to try and do the same again. Whether we're as good as that, and whether the Packers are, have got better, which you think they have, I think they're going to aim to do the same again. And there's only so much you can stop the Niners when they start doing that.
3: I'm so looking I think forward to facing Debo, and he
4: is as. Informer a player as there is isn't it so I yeah style wise I think it's it's a horrible matchup for the Packers really
2: but you're taking the Packers minus 5 on the spread
4: minus 5 does feel a stretch
2: I wouldn't be having that spread
4: I've you know you don't see it I don't see the Packers are going to blow them out I think it'll be close if they win and if if they have a day when the Niners are running for fun if, if you had to say look, one of these teams blows the other out, I would say the Niners would blow them out. I think Packers will win, but if you were to say there's a blowout, I would think the Niners have more of a chance of doing it. Yeah.
3: I don't think Packers are going to blow them away. But you think the Packers are going to win?
4: I think that, I think they'll get it done. That's maybe heart over head as well. But I, I, I've said constantly on this, haven't I, that you feel like Packers are the common sense pick whenever you have a matchup, and yet there is just something about them in the playoffs that you just can't trust.
2: Are they going to be rusty after a week's rest as well? It is funny, yeah, isn't me- it, that
4: we they play all season for a buy, and then as soon as the buy happens, everyone goes, <laughs> yeah. "Are they going to be a bit rusty?" It's every <laughs> single time.
2: <laughs> give me the Packers minus seven and a half. Oh, Jesus, he's wow, confident. The, the bad
4: man is going to have to have a bad man game if that
2: happens. He's going to Byron. One is three cases on this. <laughs> oh boy. Three
3: city, and sean said that he wanted the spread so uh there's a man who's not confident yeah look if you give me the spread i'm giving you a spread <laughs> if
2: you want the spread you go to the bookies
4: put on a spread for him <laughs>
2: um yeah well i was think also i was thinking you know as much as when you're when you're your, when it's your team you're you're obviously always worried but I thought when we got the Cowboys into that situation, it's like, they've got no timeouts. They've got this many time. Like, I don't think they're going to do it. But if we're in the same situation again with the Packers, where we give Rodgers the ball back with oh. a, minute, a minute 30 left and there's no timeouts, you just know he's at least going to get two shots at like a Hail Mary, which could legitimately go in. Mm. So that I would have been terrified if that happened. So if you get in that situation where... Rodgers has the ball. I think we're gonna to have to win this game by us having the ball last. I don't trust us giving the Packers the ball back unless it's like fifteen seconds and you need a touchdown, and then surely that can happen. But yeah, yeah, that's If fair. it goes, if it goes to Rodgers and then you just need a field goal, and even then, if you have fifteen yeah. to 30 seconds, you, you're probably gonna do it. So we did that in week three. We went up the field in. Well, yeah, what, exactly. Thirty-six yeah. seconds. It's thirty-seven seconds or something like that. Yeah. Um So, yeah. So then that that shows everything. But then that's also, I guess, a good thing, in a way, for the Niners of knowing that that this is the number one seed, the best team in the division, and you only just lost with with yeah. 37 seconds. So, yeah, it's yeah, going to be a close I'm, one. I think it's the, it's definitely the best. I think it's the best. They're probably all good matches. Oh no, paper, I'm not but sure. It's, it's Bills, Chiefs. But I, I have I, to see. It. Yeah, the Bills. If we go on to this, like I've, as we mentioned with the Patriots a bit earlier though, I do think, because it was last year, wasn't it, when the Chiefs just smashed the Bills, I could see that happening again. I could see this- yeah, I'll,
3: I'll get TK to see what he said on Saturday, but I'm kind of, um, the way Burnley are postponing games, I'm supposed to be at Arsenal Burnley on Sunday, and I'd be able to watch it in the car, but that'll be kind of... If the game does get postponed i'll be more than happy to just stay in and watch these games properly because that that chiefs uh bills game if that if that is what it could be it, it could be huge
2: yeah like on paper it's got the potential of you know that like chiefs rams game or that Rams saint game like a few years back um which was which was insane, like, I think it was regular season those were, but when it was just like constant back and forth, has got the potential to that, but yeah, I just know and until I guess well, until you see it until you see the bills and like, actually go in there and beat the chiefs, then bills beat them
3: thirty eight twenty in the regular season, but the chiefs, as we said, didn't really kick in until they beat us.
2: is part of it you think it's inevitable that we're having chiefs buccaneers again i I'm not part of, not... of me does do that.
3: Yeah, TK, you said when the Bills were running up the numbers um, on Saturday night that that didn't really tell you anything new about them.
4: No, I, I think we knew they can once they get like that, they can route you. And against, let's face it, not a good Patriots team, if you take away the the Patriots name, I think you'd say a fairly average team with a rookie quarterback, they can obliterate them. I, I just wonder about, one, consistency. Can they do that a couple of times in a row in the big games? And two, that, that thing with the Chiefs, if I just don't back Josh Allen not to crumble. On, on the flip side to that, everybody has to have their coming out party, don't they? And this would be Josh Allen's. But I, I can't ignore previous results in the playoffs against the Chiefs where I just think as irresistible as the as the uh, as the Bills looked, I thought the Chiefs probably did as well in their own way. I only saw the highlights of them against the Sears, I'll admit. And so, it's probably only one of these teams can really impose that in this one game. And I think you'd back it to be the Chiefs.
3: We said last week that halfway through the season, Josh Allen was the favourite for the MVP. And the Bills were the favourites to get to the Super Bowl. So, things have changed. Yeah
2: we, we haven't team. touched on. Yeah, I don't know if you did it before I joined, but we haven't actually touched on Rams Cardinals yet, have we?
4: Well, we um, didn't no. basically touched so, it on it last week because it's, it's still that. Of course we, yeah. we did. Yeah. yeah. And,
2: yeah. So I, I would back the Cardinals. No, we'll have been shocking, finish. haven't they? Really? We haven't finished
3: with but Bill's Chiefs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, minus four is the spread. This one hmm. But the Chiefs. Hmm. I'd be tempted I to can... take that. I could be tempted by that. The over-under is 55 points, so they're expecting a high-scoring game. We're
4: in a tricky one with this, aren't we? Because it's, on paper, two gunslingers. And and it's kind of, you know, if you get two bangers in a boxing match, it's kind of like, on paper, this should be nothing Pingani but fireworks. Lace. And it just, for whatever reason, can't quite happen.
2: Then most of the time you think that in play, I know it doesn't always happen, but you'd think if one team gets out, they'd have to both go at the same pace, wouldn't they? Because if one team goes out Mm -hmm. to an early lead, then the other team's just going to run and then the clock will mean that that can't happen. So, yeah, it's going to be a defensive battle.
3: I
4: think you need the Bills to go ahead in this. Yeah. I think if, if the Chiefs can get an early lead, I think the Bills would unravel quite quickly, I think. And I think Allen's going to start making rash decisions and throwing picks because he's going for ambitious throws that he maybe shouldn't. But if he can settle in, we have a game on us because they can score high, but the Chiefs obviously are more than capable of mounting comebacks that they've done constantly throughout the years. So okay, that sorry, would be, the, I think, the most when, interesting dynamic. one well, actual was line it? is minus two. Okay, i will be very tempted then. Okay.
2: The year, because the year they won the Super Bowl, they were like, yeah, twenty-one, 21 to nil down to the Texans, and somehow lost, somehow still won, and then mm. I think they were down to the Titans as well and won, and then obviously they were the, the game that we don't speak about. They were behind as well. So, <laughs> yeah, I want, I want well, I no, if regardless of if the Niners got through and if the Packers got through, I, I would want nothing to do with the Chiefs in the Super Bowl again.
4: <laughs> you don't <laughs> want to run that
2: back. I, just, I don't know if I'd watch it. <laughs> I don't know if I could watch it. You know uh, a, this first this first podcast I listened to, uh the guy who's a fan there said the Champions League final, as soon as the penalty was awarded to Soka, he just turned it off and never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as it was awarded. <laughs> and that was outrageous. Be like, it'd be the first go as soon as either it was Mahomes competed the pass or if Jimmy G threw a pick, then i would just be it, I'd turn it off. I'm not <laughs> um
3: um <laughs> I'm taking the bills here. Well, he's rolling with the boys. With the I, I've been, I was charmed by that display on Sunday. I can see where you might be. And I think I take I take the Bills' defense over the Chiefs. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. They were playing a bum team, though.
2: A Bill think, team, but they are bums.
3: I think Mahomes is going to be getting roughed up.
2: Okay. I like the boldness of it.
3: And as you suggested will need to be the case, I I think it's going to be one where the Chiefs are are trying to get it back and ultimately every time you think, OK, they're back in it, the, the, the Bills will do just enough. I do think it'll come down to the wire. If the Bills win that, you'd
4: have to think they're going all the way at that stage, surely. Yeah, I do because uh, you, you'd have such confidence from the way they just dealt with the pages and then taking out the Chiefs. They'd be on such a run.
2: But I think if if the Chiefs don't come out, I think the winner comes from the NFC. I think. I think the other teams are better. I'd bat the Packers, Niners, Bucks, and then well, probably not the Cardinals actually, but I doubt they
4: get. I'd I'll be terrified for Josh Allen against Brady.
3: Yeah let's not have it Sean does have a bet on the Chiefs
4: it's a bet on the Chiefs what well, is
2: that? I've got a bet well actually I've got a bet on three teams fucking hell <laughs> well no because only two are like combined in one bet so I've got a bet on Chiefs and Bucks basically to get back to the Super Bowl that's the bet that they both get there and then I've got one on the Niners as well and the Niners is each way so they just need to get there you've got one on me. What's the one I've got with you? Haven't I got NFC over AFC? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I take that as well. You take that as well, because you have a chance for the Packers.
3: So so you're taking the Chiefs in this game then as well, then, Sean?
2: I'm taking, yeah. As much as I'm obviously going to be rooting for the Bills and hoping the Bills win, I do think the Chiefs Chiefs will win. And again, if, if the Niners don't get through, then part of me... As much as I'd want the Chiefs to lose, pardon me, want you to feel the hatred that I feel. So Chief, <laughs> and then and we could share in this this hatred. And um, TK, what's the
3: what's the uh, best game of the weekend? When we when we're looking back next Monday, what are we saying was the best game?
4: Oh, I think we end up saying the Packers Niners is the best game. Um, yeah, I think, as they said on paper. Chiefs and Bills should be. It should be a total uh, shootout that ends with, like I don't know, like 55-54 or something crazy. But I think there's a high potential one of those two could blow each other out, whereas I think the Packers and Niners should be close. So I'm going to say that's the best one.
2: Are we expecting Sean to be back on next Monday?
4: Not in the slightest.
2: I mean, it depends, doesn't it? (laughs) If you're with... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, 49ers, pretty yeah. simple. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's basically like a playoff run for this podcast. Like for me, like if they win, we we go on <laughs> we, to next week.
4: <laughs> we, <laughs> we just don't hear from him again. That's
2: yeah, it. well, up. no, I'd be able to. I'd be able to come back for the Super Bowl. You'd recover by then. Yeah, I'd recover by then. That would be fine. Um but, but yeah, not 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 probably not immediately after. That. <laughs> And we'll we'll leave the Bucks game because we don't know who they're
3: going to be playing to be able to uh, preview yeah. that, but we'll see how that goes uh, next week. So I guess that uh, does it for today. Thank you again for listening to another to another edition of the Script Pod. Movie Madness this week is Gross Point Blank against the other guys, so that'll be out on Friday. Tune in. Adios.